السلام علیکم و رحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ which is bab ad-dukhuli 'ala al-mayyiti ba'd al-mawti idha udrija fi kafanihi bab chapter ad-dukhuli 'ala al-mayyit dukhul is to enter so to enter upon al-mayyit a deceased person a dead person ba'd al-mawti after death meaning the body is there the person has passed away so coming to him entering upon him إِذَا أُدْرِجَ فِي كَفَنِهِ When he has been wrapped up in his shroud. Meaning when a person has died and the body is wrapped in the shroud, are you allowed to come and see the body? Are you allowed to come and see the face of the dead person? This is the question over here. Are you allowed to see the dead person? And especially after the body has been washed, shrouded, the face has been covered, So can you remove the cover from the face and see the face? Can you do that? Now, some scholars, they actually forbade this. Why? Because after death, you know that the body, it begins to change. And the face also begins to change. Sometimes the eyes stay open. Sometimes the mouth stays open. Sometimes because a person has gone through so much disease and treatment and medication and whatnot. So the body does change significantly after death. And so they said that it would be not very pleasant for people to look at the face of a dead person, especially when the coffin has been done, the body has been shrouded, it's just being prepared to be taken for the burial. And also they said that it is not respectful towards the body of a dead person that you know the body is being displayed. You know, it's not respectful. I mean, if you think about it, if somebody were to come and remove your, you know, cover again and again to come and see you, how would you feel? You would feel invaded, right? That just because, you know, I'm unwell or I'm sitting here doesn't mean that you can come and touch my clothes and, you know, remove my hijab or whatever just to see me. This is my body. It's invading someone's body. So they said that even a dead person, once the shroud has been put on, the face is covered, Some scholars did not allow that the shroud be removed just so that you can see the face of the dead person. And this is something that we must pay attention to. Because unfortunately, in some cultures, literally a dead person's body is prepared and displayed for the funeral. Like literally, they're clothed in their best clothing, makeup is put on, jewelry is put on, and then the body is displayed. Right? And, you know, it's understandable. Okay, you say they're not Muslim. Okay. But for Muslims... You know, when this is a discussion in our religion, is it even allowed to see the face of the dead person? Then why why do we have to go and remove the cover of the coffin and then remove the face cover just so that we can see the dead person? When a person is sick in the hospital, we don't go to visit them. When a person is in their last few days, we don't go and spend time with them. When they have passed away, then we show up and we remove the face cover again and again, again and again, again and again, as if they're an object. 
They're not an object. They're a human being. And the human body deserves respect. And it's unfortunate that while a person is alive, we don't give them the attention that they deserve. But when they have passed away, then we think we have every right to go and do with their body as we please. So please be mindful of this when you go for janazah prayer, no matter who it is, even if it's your you know, relative. Do not do this, that again and again you're removing the face cover so that their face can be seen. This would be disrespectful. Put yourself over there. Would you like people to come and touch you? Would you like people to come and remove your covering? No, this is disrespectful. So some scholars completely forbade this. Now, other scholars, they said that no, this is permissible, that you can see the face of the dead person. And Imam Bukhari was of this view. But here also remember that moderation is necessary. Right? It's not that it is completely forbidden to see the face of a dead person. No, it's not completely forbidden. It is allowed. But at the same time, we should not be excessive in it. Like for example, if you go to the janazah of someone who was close to you, someone that you knew, and you see that their body is prepared, you know, the cover of the coffin is also there, and the family looks exhausted, and you don't want to go and approach them and say, may I see their face? You know, be sensitive over there. But if they come and ask you, would you like to see? Then there is absolutely no harm. But remember that moderation is necessary. I remember when my husband's grandmother passed away, my son, uh, it was just a couple of months ago, my son, when he came into the masjid, he wanted to see her. And I was a little nervous that, you know, seeing a dead person's body is not very easy. But he wanted to see her. Because he had seen her since he was a baby. You know, he grew up in front of her, so he wanted to see her. So yes, we did remove the cover of the coffin and we did show him her face. Uh, but then after that, when more people started coming and everybody wanted to come and see, one after the other, one after the other, then we decided that that's it. Because it's not respectful anymore. You know, a few times it's understandable. But over and over again, that's not appropriate. So we see that here Imam Bukhari brings a couple of ahadith to show that it is permissible to see the face of a deceased. But again, like I mentioned, there has to be moderation. So what are these ahadith? Let's look at the first one. حدثنا بشر بن محمد أخبرنا عبد الله قال أخبرني معمر ويونس عن الزهري قال أخبرني أبو سلمة أن عائشة رضي الله عنها زوج النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أخبرته So Aisha رضي الله عنها the wife of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم she informed Abu سلمة قالت she said that أقبل أبو بكر رضي الله عنه she said that Abu Bakr رضي الله عنه came عَلَى فَرَسِهِ On his horse. مِنْ مَسْكَنِهِ From his maskan. Maskan is home. So he came from his home on his horse. Which home? بِسُنْحِ Which was at a sunh. حَتَّى نَزَلَ Until he came down from his horse. فَدَخَلَ الْمَسْجِدِ And then he entered the masjid. When he entered the masjid, فَلَمْ يُكَلِّمِ النَّاسِ he did not speak to the people. حَتَّى نَزَلَ فَدَخَلَ عَلَى عَائِشَةَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهَا Until he came through the masjid and he came into the house of Aisha رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهَا فَتَيَمَّمَ النَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ And then he bent over 
and kissed the face of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam wa huwa musajjan bi burdi hibara while he was covered with a cloak that was of hibara musajjan he was covered up burd with a cloak that was of hibara it's, it's a certain type of cloak fakashafa an wajhihi and then he uncovered the face of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam thumma akabba alayhi and then he kneeled over him faqabbalahu then he kissed his face thumma baka and then he wept earlier you see this word fatayammama an-nabiyya tayammama over here i mistranslated it it's not he kissed it means he intended so he went straight to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam while the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was shrouded in the coffin which was of a certain type of cloak and then he removed the cover from his face he kneeled over kissed the face of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and then abu bakr baka he wept faqala bi abi anta ya nabiyyullah and he said may my father be sacrificed for you o prophet of allah la yajma'u allah alayka mawtatain allah would never join two deaths upon you amma al mawtatu allati kutibat alayka faqad muttaha as for the death that was decreed upon you then certainly you have experienced it Now what is this hadith talking about as it is clear it is talking about the death of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam when the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam passed away abu bakr radhiyallahu anhu was not in medina at that time he was where he was at sunh he was at his home which was in sunh and where sunh sunh was once upon a time a small settlement on the edge of medina Okay so it was almost in the outskirts of Medina so Abu Bakr radhiyallahu anhu had his house over there that's where he used to live the reason why he was at his house when the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam passed away was because in the morning of that same day Abu Bakr saw the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he saw him the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was smiling and he was doing much better So Abu Bakr felt like the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was recovering from his illness and this is why he went home and when he was at home he learned about the death of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam Remember that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was unwell for several days before he passed away and remember that during that illness he tried his best to come to the masjid to lead the people in prayer and while he tried people kept waiting in the masjid but remember that he would try to get up and he would fall unconscious again he would try to make wudu and then again he would fall unconscious and then eventually he instructed that abu bakr should lead the people in prayer so abu bakr radhiyallahu anhu had spent a long time in medina because the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was very sick and then in the morning of this day what happened while the people were praying fajr the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he came to the door of his apartment Aisha radhiyallahu anha's apartment and he lifted up the curtain and he saw the people praying and he smiled and in hadith we learned that when the people noticed that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was standing there at the door of his apartment and he was watching them they were in fitna they almost broke their prayer they were so excited so happy to finally see the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam to know that he was doing better so this is the reason why abu bakr radhiyallahu anhu after the morning prayer he went home 
But what happened? While he was there in Sunh, the Prophet ﷺ passed away. And this is why, as soon as Abu Bakr heard of the news, he came on his horse to Medina. Meaning, he tried to reach as quickly as possible. And when Abu Bakr reached Medina, he entered straight into the masjid. There were lots of people in the masjid. And what were the people doing? From other narrations we learned, they were crying. They were crying. And Umar was standing there angry that nobody dares say that the Prophet ﷺ has passed away. He was standing there angry that if anybody says that Prophet ﷺ has passed away, I'm going to teach him a lesson. He was angry with the people. And he was standing there with anger. And the, the people were scared on the one hand from Umar and on the other hand they were sad, grieving. And so when Abu Bakr who came, he didn't speak to the people at all. He just completely ignored everybody. He went straight into the apartment of the Prophet Nabiya. That, that was his goal. He went there and then he and he saw that the Prophet ﷺ was shrouded in his in a cloak of hibara. And hibara is a certain type of a cloak which was very expensive and it was also striped on it. And it is said that it was from Yemen. It was a Yemeni cloak. And Abu Bakr anhu uncovered his face. This is why Imam Bukhari is bringing this hadith over here. That Abu Bakr uncovered the face of the Prophet ﷺ, kissed the face of the Prophet ﷺ. He wept and he said that Allah will not make you suffer two deaths. Allah will not make you suffer two deaths. What does it mean by this? You see, death is a painful experience. Right? It is a painful experience. Inna lil mawti for death are sakarat. It's pangs. Death is a very painful experience. So, Umar radiallahu anhu was in complete denial. And that's understandable why a person would be in denial of the death of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Umar radiallahu anhu was saying that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will just get up and he will punish you all who are saying that he has passed away. So he was in complete denial. So Abu Bakr who said the statement that Allah will not join two deaths for you, meaning that you have just suffered death, Allah will not give you life again so that you live and then you die again in this world. No, only one death for you in this world. Of course, the prophets are alive in their grave. Their life is like that of the shuhada or even better. Right? But that's a different existence. What is meant by this death is worldly death. So Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu is almost taking pity that Allah will not make you suffer two deaths. No. You have already experienced your worldly death. So he was affirming the death of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now this continues in the next hadith. قال أبو سلمة فأخبرني ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما أبو سلمة the same reporter he said that ابن عباس informed me that أن أبا بكر رضي الله عنه خرج that Abu Bakr came out meaning now in the apartment when he saw that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم had really passed away 
what happened? He came out back into the masjid. Wa Umaru radiallahu anhu yukalimunas. And there was Umar radiallahu anhu talking to the people. What was he saying to the people? Nobody say that the Prophet ﷺ has passed away. He's just going to get up and then he's going to teach you all a lesson. So Umar radiallahu anhu was talking to the people. Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu faqala, Abu Bakr said to Umar, Ijlis, sit down. So you can imagine, just picture the scene. Umar radiallahu anhu is angrily, you know, talking to people. And Abu Bakr comes out and he says to Umar, sit down. Ijlis. Fa'aba. But Umar radiallahu anhu refused. He didn't sit down. Faqala jlis. Again, Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu said, Ijlis, sit down. Fa'aba. Umar radiallahu anhu again refused. I'm not sitting down. Fatashahada Abu Bakrin radiallahu anhu. So Abu Bakr said the tashahud, meaning he said, the tashahud, the shahada declaration that there is only one God worthy of worship, right? So he said that, radiallahu anhu, famala ilayhin nas. So the people paid attention to him. When Abu Bakr began with the shahada, what happened? People no longer paid attention to Umar. Now they started listening to who? To who? Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. Wataraku Umar. And they left Umar radiallahu anhu. فَقَالَ أَمَّا بَعْدُ So Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu said, أَمَّا بَعْدُ As for what follows. And this is something that is to be said in a khutbah, meaning at the beginning of the khutbah there is the praise and glorification of Allah. Then there is the statement, أَمَّا بَعْدُ And then the khatib, the lecturer, says what he has to say. So Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu said, أَمَّا بَعْدُ فَمَنْ كَانَ مِنْكُمْ يَعْبُدُ مُحَمَّدًا صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ then whoever among you used to worship Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, فَإِنَّ مُحَمَّدًا sallallahu alayhi wa sallam قَدْمَات Then he should know that indeed Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has passed away. He has died. وَمَنْ كَانَ يَعْبُدُ اللَّهَ And whoever used to worship Allah, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ حَيٌّ لَا يَمُوتٍ then indeed Allah is ever living, He does not die. قَالَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى He said, Allah the Exalted has said, وَمَا مُحَمَّدٌ إِلَّا رَسُولٌ And Muhammad wasallam is not but a messenger. He recited the entire ayah, إِلَىٰ until الشَّاكِرِينَ The end of the ayah where it says, those who are grateful. وَاللَّهِ لَكَأَنَّ النَّاسَ Ibn Abbas said, that by Allah, it was as if the people, لَمْ يَكُونُوا يَعْلَمُونَ It was as if they did not know that أَنَّ اللَّهَ أَنزَلَ الْآيَةِ It was as if they did not know that Allah had revealed this verse. حَتَّى تَلَاهَا أَبُو بَكْرٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ Until Abu Bakr recited that verse. It was as if the people were listening to this verse for the first time. فَتَلَقَّاهَا مِنْهُ النَّاسِ So the people received it from him. فَمَا يُسْمَعُ بَشَرٌ إِلَّا يَتْلُوهَا Then no person was heard except that 
he was reciting it. Meaning everybody began reciting this verse. Everyone started to read this verse. Now in this part of the hadith, what do we see here? We see that, first of all, when Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu received the news of the death of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and then when he entered in the masjid, he heard some people in denial of it. What did Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu do? Did he pass a judgment immediately? Did he go and discipline Umar radiallahu anhu immediately? Did he go and lecture the people immediately? No. He went and investigated himself. Isn't it so? He went and saw for himself. Is it really that the Prophet ﷺ has passed away? He went and checked. And when he saw, and he found out that yes, the Prophet ﷺ has passed away, then he came out and he disciplined the people, Umar anhu. He taught them, he informed them of whatever he needed to. Confirmation of news. Confirmation of news, no matter how serious it is. This is something very important. And if we are not in a position of confirming that news, then what are we supposed to do? Stay quiet. Don't take either side. One is that you know, when you hear something that is very major, very serious, if you are in a position that you can confirm that news, then go ahead and do so. But if you are not in any position to go and confirm that news, then just sit down. Sit down. There's no need to spread unnecessary fire. Just sit down. And you will always find people with their own opinions. We have Umar radiallahu anhu. So strongly he is standing and denying the death of the Prophet ﷺ. Why was he denying the death of the Prophet ﷺ? Because he was not ready to accept it. It was too difficult for him to even accept the fact that the Prophet ﷺ could have passed away. It was unimaginable for him. It was too big of a deal for him to accept that. And yes, there are people who are otherwise very strong. But what happens is that some things are very difficult for them to accept. They're very difficult for them to accept. So understand this human nature. People are strong in one way, but weak in another. This is human nature. So we see that Abu Bakr anhu went confirmed the news, and then he came and informed the people. So if you are in a position like that of Abu Bakr, go and investigate. And if you are not in a position like Abu Bakr, then just sit down. Then we see over here that Umar anhu was... Telling the people to not cry. It's not mentioned in this hadith, but in other narrations we learn that he was telling the people to stop crying. And he was saying that nobody should say that the Prophet ﷺ has passed away. He was angry, he was upset, he was emotionally unstable at the moment. So Abu Bakr who came and told him, sit down. Ijlis. And this is what we should do also. When we are emotionally unstable, when we are in a state of shock, when we are in a state of anger, then what is best for us? To keep talking? To keep writing? To keep posting? No. What is best for us is that we just sit down. Give time to yourself. Calm down. 
Today, it is shocking news. But with time, what happens? It gets easy for you to accept. Because it is in times of, of anger or high emotional state that we say things that later on we regret. Isn't it so? So Abu Bakr anhu's advice to Umar, sit down. So whenever you're extremely angry, overcome by shock, what's the best thing to do? Just sit down. Don't talk to people. Take some time out for yourself. Now, what was the response of Umar radiallahu anhu? Did he sit down? Did he sit? No. Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu told him again, sit down. Umar refused. So what did Abu Bakr do? He started fighting with Umar? You're disrespecting me? Like how, how many times am I supposed to tell you to sit down? Don't you know that my status is greater than yours? Don't you know that the Prophet ﷺ told me to lead the people in prayer and you're not listening to me? What did Abu Bakr anhu do? He ignored Umar anhu then. Right? And then he did his thing. He addressed the people. Sometimes, some people are in such a state that they're not ready to listen to you. And sometimes those people are little people. Right? Children. Who, you know, you tell them once, you tell them twice, and it's as if they never heard a thing. Right? Or they hear and they deliberately oppose you. So what should be your response at that time? How many times do I have to tell you? When are you going to listen to me? Are you deaf? Are you this? Are you that? Is this how we should talk to children who are not listening to us? What should be done? What should be done? Just ignore them. You told them once, you told them twice. Now they have, you know, they're in such a state that they're not listening to you. So what should you do? Ignore them and do what you have to do. Give them time. Every human being needs time. So we see that Abu Bakr anhu ignored Umar and he said what he had to say. So Abu Bakr anhu did not push him, did not press him, did not urge him, did not force him to sit down. He told him a few times and then he left him. And we see this in the character of the Prophet also. He did not force people. He did not pressurize people. He did not compel them. Even though he was right. You know, for example, we learn about the expedition to Ta'if. You know, after the battle of Hunayn, the Prophet ﷺ went towards Ta'if because the people of Ta'if had fought them and, and then now they had locked themselves up in their fortresses. So the Sahaba, you know, they laid siege, but the people of Ta'if were well equipped. They had their food supplies. There was no urgency for them to surrender. So the siege continued for a very long time. And then finally the Prophet ﷺ said that maybe we, we should go tomorrow. Maybe we should make our way back. But the Sahaba said that, no, we've been you know waiting here for such a long time. We can't go like that. We can't go without a clear victory. So the Prophet ﷺ said, okay, you want to stay, you stay. So then what happened? There was an, an accident where basically some hot oil and stuff like that, it spilled on the companions and many of them got seriously wounded and injured. And then the Prophet ﷺ said, we should go tomorrow. And the Sahaba said, yes, we'll go now. 
Now if you think about it, the Prophet ﷺ could have forced people the first day, I am your leader. I am the messenger of Allah. I am telling you that we have to go. Now pack up and let's leave. Now. Next time I'm not consulting you. Do we see that? No. Not at all. He did not pressurize people. And we see here that Abu Bakr also did not pressurize Umar radiallahu anhu. He could have thought over here that well, Umar radiallahu anhu is spreading false news. Hmm? He's spreading false news. That the Prophet ﷺ has not died. He has clearly died. He's denying reality. Right? He could have said that, but he didn't. Because he understood why Umar was reacting the way that he was. And this is what we need to have also. Empathy. Relate with people. Understand why they are behaving in such a way. Understand why they are not listening to you. Don't force them. So we see Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu did not force Umar radiallahu anhu. And then we see that Umar radiallahu anhu is talking to people. Abu Bakr says, sit down. Umar does not sit down. And he continues. And what did Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu do? He gave his own speech. He gave his own speech. He said his truth. And this is what we need to do also. There will be people who because of their reasons, sometimes will be in denial of reality. Sometimes they will not uh, accept things the way they are. And there are reasons for that. But then what? what is your responsibility? Keep spreading the truth. Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu did not shy away. That, oh, how can I contradict Umar? How can I contradict him? Umar is standing and talking to people. How can I also stand and talk to people? That's not right. No, it is right. Because when Umar radiallahu anhu was in denial of reality, people needed to be taught a lesson. So Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he stood up and he gave his own speech. So you are allowed to ignore the person who is saying something wrong, something untrue. And you are allowed to speak the truth over there. And then we see another important lesson here. The speech of Abu Bakr. What did it consist of? One statement and one ayah. Isn't it? What was that statement? That whoever used to worship Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa he should know that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa has passed away. He has died. And if someone used to worship Allah, then he should know that Allah is ever alive. He does not die. And then he recited the ayah that mentions the death of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa so we see that in the speech, a very important lesson, which is قَطْعُ التَّعَلُّقْ بِالْأَشْخَاصِ قَطْعُ التَّعَلُّقْ What does قَطْعُ mean? To sever, تَعَلُّقْ Attaching oneself. To who? بِالْأَشْخَاصِ To individuals, to people. We should not attach ourselves to people, no matter who they are, and no matter what their status is. Even if it's the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa we love him, we follow him, we obey him. Loving him, obeying him, this is a part of our iman. But at the end of the day, we know that he's a human being. 
Who is it that we attach ourselves to? Allah. Only Allah. And only Allah is worthy of this. That we expect perfection from Him in every way. And we attach ourselves to Him. We surrender to Him. It is only Allah who deserves that. Because any human being, right, any creature, the thing is that creation is faulty. Right? Creation is faulty. They're imperfect. So even the Prophet ﷺ, his character was beautiful. His actions were beautiful. He is a role model. Isn't it so? Does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not tell us that there is for us a uswa hasana, a beautiful example in the life of the Prophet ﷺ? Yes. He is the perfect example for us, a role model for us. But because he was a human being, he was not meant to stay on earth forever. He was to die and leave this world. So every human being has his deficiencies. Every human being has his imperfections. We can love people, but we cannot expect perfection from them. We can benefit from them, but we cannot expect perfection from them. Perfection is with who? Who? Allah alone. So Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu recited the ayah and the people reacted as if they had never heard that ayah. What does that mean? Sometimes it happens that you have studied an ayah, you have recited an ayah over and over and over and over and over again all your life. But then what happens? You are in a situation where that ayah is read to you or shared with you and you find it so relevant that you say, today I understood this ayah. Isn't it? You're like, you know, I knew the ayah before, but today I actually understood it. But then a few years later, you might say that again about the same ayah, that today I understood it. Why? Because the Qur'an is ever relevant. Right? So we see that Abu Bakr anhu recited the ayah and the people heard it and they kept repeating it. The people recited the ayah. For who? For themselves. They took comfort at this very difficult time. They took comfort in what? In the book of Allah. And this is what we need to do also. That in times of difficulty, whatever test, whatever trial you're experiencing, whatever hurt, whatever heartbreak, any kind of pain, emotional, physical, loss, hardship, whatever it is, take comfort in reciting the Qur'an. And reciting the Qur'an doesn't just mean that you sit down with the Mus'haf and you read 20 pages. Reciting the Qur'an also means that if there's an ayah that serves as a powerful reminder for you, then you read that ayah or that part of the ayah for yourself over and over. Because Allah bi dhikrillahi tatma'innul qulub. It is with the remembrance of Allah that hearts find peace. Not without the remembrance of Allah. And part of remembrance of Allah is to also recite the Quran. Like for example, if 
you have made a mistake and you're feeling extremely embarrassed. Like I remember once I, you know, messed up and I got told off in front of a class and it was very embarrassing for me and I'm like, okay, what was I thinking when I did this? Right? And then that feeling of guilt, the verses that we studied that day were the verses of uh, Surah Qasas, story of Musa a.s. where he committed accidental murder. And when he killed the man, he said, رَبِّ اغْفِرْ لِي فَغَفَرَ Right? He said, Oh my Lord, forgive me. And Allah says, فَغَفَرَ لَهُ So Allah forgave him. So I just kept saying, رَبِّ اغْفِرْ لِي رَبِّ اغْفِرْ لِي I made a mistake. Right? I made a mistake. It was my fault. I should not have done it. I should have known better. But when your mistake is pointed, if it's privately, it's different. But when you're yelled at in front of an entire class of 150 people, it's it's a different situation, right? Especially when you're sitting on the stage or something. It's a different situation. So there is embarrassment in front of people and there's that guilt of, what was I thinking? You're feeling horrible. And I remember feeling horrible, but then as soon as these words came, Rabbi Ghvirli, I just kept saying, Rabbi Ghvirli, Rabbi Ghvirli, Rabbi Ghvirli. Every time that thought came, and you know, you have that sensation in your heart, that pain in your heart, you know? I just kept saying, Rabbi Ghvirli, Rabbi Ghvirli. If Musa alayhi salam killed someone and said, Rabbi Ghvirli, and Allah forgave him, I didn't kill nobody, right? I just made a silly mistake, so Rabbi Ghvirli. This is how the Qur'an becomes a part of your life. When you recite it, when you relate it with yourself. So we see the people were in pain. The Prophet ﷺ has passed away. Ya Rabb, can you imagine the grief of the companions? Can you imagine their grief? I mean, if anybody you know, if they pass away, it hurts. Right? But if it's a, a human being that you love, if they pass away, it hurts even more. And if it's the Prophet ﷺ, the Prophet ﷺ, if he has passed away, imagine, I mean, we read these stories and we cry today. We haven't even seen him. Imagine the people who directly interacted with Rasulullah ﷺ. Imagine the level of their grief. So what was a source of comfort for them? This ayah. They recited it for themselves. This is what they took comfort in. And this is what we need to do also. In times of grief, turn to the book of Allah. Anything you would like to mention before I continue? Yes. You know how you said there was like different, like some people say that you can uncover the face and some people say that you can't. I was just wondering, because once I went to a funeral, like a janazah, and there was people um, like with their phone having like FaceTime to show people abroad and there were some people taking photos. So like my mom said, that's not allowed, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, it's not respectful at all. Taking a picture of a person who has died of their face, I mean, would you like that for yourself? You wouldn't like it for yourself. So, I mean, if you're doing FaceTime to show people in another country... That somewhat I understand if it's close relatives, you know, like for example, a woman has died and her children, they were not able to come to see her when she was unwell and they spoke to her regularly and now their mother has died and they want to see her. Okay, I understand that, you know, but taking picture and sharing that with people and keeping that in your phone, 
it's not respectful. Because really the face changes. It changes. And Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you a memory in which you can recall the face of a person and you know, think about them. And every time you do think about them, make dua for them. You see, in the Qur'an, the murder, the first murder that happened, the story of Habil and Qabil. So, the one who was killed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions about his body, سَوْأَةَ أَخِيهِ سَوْأَ What is سَوْأَ referring to over there? The dead body. And what is سَوْأَ? It's from سُوء. What is سُوء? Something bad. Right? So, I mean, the body, the dead body is described as that. Why? Because it's no longer the way it used to be. It changes. You know, sometimes you see that literally the eyes are open, you know, the people were not able to close it, the mouth is open, they weren't able to close it because of injury or whatever the, you know, the face is, the color has changed or something like that. It's it's better to, you know, this is why we're told to bury the body also as quickly as possible. Don't delay unnecessarily and don't keep showing the face. Here we see Abu Bakr and the Prophet ﷺ, it's understandable. Because the friendship that they had, it was different. So this is why, I mean, if it's immediate family or a very close friend, if they see the face, that's understandable. But displaying it again and again, every random person, neighbor and distant relative, and everybody's coming and uncovering, uncovering, uncovering. It's not respectful.